0: Hi, this is Lori, your host of Happiness Hangout, a space to come and elevate your happiness levels. You, me, and our guests will discuss and help you apply happiness to all aspects of your life, even if you're already happy. Get your daily boost of information to help you feel your best. Well, hi, everyone. This is
1: Lori Peters from the Happiness Hangout. Happy New Year, and so glad that you could be with us today. Um, as usual, we are discussing topics that pertain to uh, loving relationships and partnerships, and uh, those typically um, are around having you know guests on that are coaches and therapists and lots of other types of of uh, professionals that help people with relationships. And, and the guests we have on today is something that we've re- never really done before, but there's all kinds of facets to having a wonderful, loving partnership. Of course, as we discuss all the time, a lot of that starts with us and how we are internally, how we feel about ourselves. As you know, I talk a lot about self-esteem and self-love and and how to get yourself in a position to be yourself. So I think today is going to be one of those shows where um, we discuss that through uh yoga meditation and and including yoga therapy. So this is going to be really interesting. So I'm very glad that my guest and I found each other. I want to tell you a little bit about who she is and what she does. Um, her name is Jenny Lee and a little bit about her is she is the author of Breathing Love, Meditation in Action, as well as True Yoga, practicing with the Yoga Sutras for Happiness and Spiritual Fulfillment. So Jenny is a certified yoga therapist, and she spent two decades coaching people in the healing tradition of classical yoga meditation. Using the practices she writes about in Breathing Love and her debut award-winning book for yoga, Jenny helps people overcome grief, depression, anxiety, and stress, as well as create lives filled with greater joy. Jenny, Jenny's writing has also featured on dozens of wellness blogs and in magazines, including Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, Yoga Digest, and Yogi Times. She counsels, she counsels via phone or Skype internationally from her home studio on the island of Oahu. Wow, Jenny, welcome to the Happiness Hangout. Sounds like you're also in a very beautiful place, um, aesthetically, to be doing this work as well. So. First of all, I'd like to welcome you to the Happiest Hangout.
2: Thanks so much, Laurie. It's great to be here. And, um, yes, Hawaii is a beautiful place, very inspiring and, and filled with the
1: energy of love.
2: <laughs> and aloha.
1: Yes, of course, of course. And, um, my husband and I hope to get there someday. So, um, sounds like a, a wonderful experience. We can't wait to do it. So, um, you know, Jenny has, I want to tell our, our listeners too, Jenny's been practicing yoga and teaching yoga for 20 years and um she a couple of interesting things of course she has all the great credentials she's a reg- registered yoga teacher a certified yoga therapist which I can't wait to find about out about and she's also um spent 20 years as a professional film television and stage actor and is member of the screen actors guild so you have a very uh, interesting background there jenny so i guess i'd like to just start out by talking to you a little bit about what got you into the work that you do. Okay, yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, I started practicing a physical form of (laughs) yoga many, many years ago um, before I had my son, and um, it was just a way for me to exercise and get in touch with my body, and so I really discovered yoga through the physical end of things. And then, as um, as life went along, and different hardships came, um, loss of a pregnancy, loss of a marriage, other uh, times of of challenge and grief, I really dug deeper into the teachings of yoga, the philosophical end of things, and found, tools that helped me cope with my own grief and loss, my own depression, um, and real soul searching. Uh, And the more that I did that, the more I recognized that this ancient tradition really held a path of spiritual unfolding that I wanted to dive deeply in. And so it's something that I've been studying for decades now and And then at a certain point, I I began offering um, the process of yoga therapy to individual clients to help uh, educate them also as to the amazing array of tools that the ancient tradition of yoga has for our personal development and our our happiness and well-being.
1: Well, this is perfect because, you know, our listeners are obviously, if they're listening to the Happiness Hangout, they're listening for various reasons, and although we do focus on relationship happiness, um, the great thing about this show and what you do is you can put out there to people what it can do for you personally, inside yourself, externally and internally, as well as many other things besides relationships. When you talk about losing a marriage and losing a baby and, and the hardships of life, um, our listeners and all of us have experienced some challenges, whatever they might be. So, um, very interested to learn about how um, how helpful this can be. But I thought I would start out kind of a little bit basic. Um, you know, you and I have talked back and forth, especially through you know email, as we were creating the show to to discuss around you know what is yoga. What is yoga? I know there's like lots of different forms of yoga, but what is yoga, what is meditation and what is yoga therapy? So maybe to start off the show, we could just give our listeners an overview of what those things are and then we'll dig in a little deeper.
2: Sure. I think that's a great way to start and really important to kind of define concepts because there's certainly a lot of imagery out there about yoga these days and a lot of it is not very accurate to the the ancient tradition of yoga. And so a lot of the modern images that we're seeing are very flashy and, you know, beautiful people in sexy places and sexy outfits doing these incredible postures. And I think a lot of people can be either attracted to that or really turned off by that. But they're Mm -hmm. missing, um, either way, they're missing the point of what yoga really is. So to define the term yoga, it actually means union. And it's the union, not just of kind of mind-body-spirit, which is that um, more modern take on it, but the, the true union that yoga is, is the reunification of our own consciousness with the divine consciousness. And so in talking about relationship, this is the ultimate relationship, right, to come back into connection to knowledge of to communion with our divine self so we feel and why people struggle so much in in their personal relationships their human personal relationships is they feel a lot of separation um they may have needs that are they're trying to get met through another person or um they're just not really connecting on that highest level so yoga as a, as a tradition, is the path and the practices to that divine relationship with our our highest self. Uh, meditation, I'll just kind of carry on here. Meditation, again, in, a, in the modern world, has been kind of parceled out into lots of different intentions all of which are beneficial in terms of stress relief, um, mental clarity, tuning into your intuition, lowering your blood pressure, all, all these things that are the benefits of meditation. But in the yoga tradition, meditation is the, the pinnacle. It's the, the top of the mountain. So it's the highest practice. And whereas the yoga postures are one step up that mountain, um, meditation is is the goal, really. It's the that, that practice of moving into stillness where we can have the experience of that unity with our highest self. So yoga and meditation are very intertwined. They cannot be separated when you're talking about the classical tradition. And then finally, yoga therapy. Um, much more of a modern term. It's the Uh, application of the yoga tradition, as I was saying, uh, my practice is the application of the yoga tradition and all of its practices, whether they be physical postures, breath management, energy management, meditation, self-inquiry, all these things that comprise the yogic path. It's the application of those things to our life today to all the challenges that we have in relationships, to the challenges that we have knowing ourselves and being okay inside our own minds. So it's a very interesting um, way of bringing an ancient tradition forward into
1: very tangible applications in modern life. I see. And so when you're doing yoga therapy, how is it different than a yoga class? Like, are you actually... Are you do, Can you do yoga therapy while you're doing a class, or what is... I, I just need a little more clarity on how that works. Sure.
2: So yoga therapy is traditionally done one-to-one. Um,
1: sometimes
2: it can be uh, offered in a class setting where there might be a particular focus. Let's say I offer a yoga therapy class for anxiety, then people who are struggling with anxiety would come in and they would learn tools to manage that experience, um, yogic tools to manage that experience. But typically, my practice is a one-to-one um, session. Just like someone might go into traditional psychotherapy, they're going to come in, they're sit down, talk about the things that are going on for them, the things that they're struggling with, the goals that they have, the places that they feel stuck or hung up. And then... I listen to all of that and look at what yoga practices can help them move through those challenges. And then we go through a very customized practice that is going to look different for everyone. So for some people, they may be very in touch with their emotions, but very disconnected from their body. So I'm going to do more of a physical practice to help them get grounded in their physical self and and move some of those emotions through their body. Other people might be very connected to their bodies, but really not have any kind of concept of themselves as a spiritual being. So I'm going to look at how can I bridge that gap for them, and what tools can I give them to help them come into an awareness of their spiritual self? Because I really believe that um, the best therapy that we can do recognizes that we are holistic beings, we are our bodies, we are our minds, our emotions,
1: and our souls. So that's very interesting. So if somebody would come in and be having an issue, let's say with finding a wonderful, loving partner, and whatever their background is, you know, they may be divorced, maybe they never really found the right person, whatever it might be, um, I would imagine in yoga therapy you have to discuss a little deeper than that. In other words, if somebody's having an issue with finding a loving partner, I guess you have to determine, where's that coming from? Is that coming from mind, body, emotional, spirit, or all of it, or some of it, I would imagine. So you've got to, d- I would imagine you'd have to dig a little deep to find out what the issues are that were, you're not attracting that person to you. Am I, am I on to anything there, or how would you look at that? Oh, definitely. And this also touches
2: upon some of the material in um, my new book, Breathing Love, Because the first half of the book really looks at the ways in which we block love. We block our own experience of love. And there's so many ways that we do that. Um, We block it through fear. We block it through anger. We block it through distrust and um, judgment. And so what you're talking about, I think your question is pointing to, Um, the process of helping someone discover why, what is it, what is going on within their own self that is keeping them from having the experience of love or loving relationships that they really want to have. And so there is a lot of dialogue that happens in the yoga therapy session. There's also a lot of self-inquiry, meaning that I prompt them in questions or in journal writing sometimes or in, if I, if they're open to homework, um, to really start digging through the layers of their past experience to find these blocks. And what's interesting is that yoga as a physical science is all about moving the energetic blocks in the body. So when we're doing yoga postures, they're all meant to free the, the body, its muscular system, its skeletal system in a way that the life force energy can flow through our physical beings really freely. And the same thing is true in our minds. Like we get very stuck, very blocked in certain belief systems that prevent us from having healthy relationships with ourselves and others. And so all of the tools that I bring to the table are there to use in order to unblock us on whatever level it's happening, whether it's physical or mental.
1: I see, and you know, love. You know, we talk a lot about about love here. As a matter of fact, you know, in the next month, you know, with Valentine's Day, a lot of people get really hung up because so much love is right in their face <laughs> in terms of romantic love. And you and I are going to talk a lot about about how about love in in the next part of our discussions, and how you know you view that with what you do in your work. And you know, I'm going to be doing a a little of online Facebook event, um, I think it's, instead of Happy Valentine's Day, it's going to be Happy Appreciate Me Day. And for people who, there's so much more to love than just romantic love. And who says that that day or and every day can't be spent on other kinds of love? And so, you know, I think no matter what we're doing or how we're doing our therapy, um, Loving yourself, which I know is an overused term, but it is absolutely truth. If you don't, you don't have to love everything you do. You don't have to love every behavior you or anyone else does, but you certainly can have basic love for yourself knowing that as a human being, you have flaws. <laughs> and that, and, and once you accept that, and once you really know that's true, then you can let yourself love. And so breathing love, Sounds very much to me like the name of it just sounds to me like it's in the essence, it's in your core, you're breathing love at all times. So I guess I really want to get into, no matter what issues you're having, this basic for um, grounding of love. So let's kind of get into um, get into that a little bit. Talk to us about um, you know meditation. We all understand yoga has positions and that, you know, it it helps you unblock and and get in touch with physical, which connects mental and everything else. Um, Do you meditate while you're doing yoga, would you say?
2: Uh, yes, I, I, I will answer that question, and then I definitely want to circle back to the, the part of your question that had to do with romantic love and, and then yes. coming into touch with the energy of love within yourself. So, But to answer the question about meditation first. So while I'm doing yoga postures, I mean, it's different because I'm teaching, so it's not. I'm focused outwardly on my students. But if I'm in my own personal practice and I'm moving through a yoga posture, there is an aspect of meditation that's happening. I'm aware of my breath and of being fully present and grounded in the moment. So that's that's an aspect of meditation. But the um, yogic practice of true meditation is actually a non-moving. So the postures kind of unblock the body, get it ready for meditation. Meditation itself is a seated practice where you're quiet, you're still. The body is non-moving. And we're transcending the experience of being a physical self and opening to the experience of being a spiritual self. So that can kind of loop me back to the this concept of Valentine's Day, romantic love, the imagery of that being in everybody's face. And, you know, that makes a lot of people feel badly if they don't have a, a personal relationship at the time that's fulfilling. And this is the fundamental problem with how we look at love right now in our culture. Um, And it's that we see it as something that is outside of us, that it's something to be acquired. It's something to be gotten from someone else. It's something to, you know, go chase after in every way possible. And if we're not getting it, There's something wrong with us. We turn back on ourselves and we have all this self-judgment and, you know, there's something wrong with me. I'm not lovable, blah, blah, blah. And so we really have to change this belief system, this whole paradigm of looking at love. And that's the bottom line principle of my book, Breathing Love. And the the very first concept that I, I talk about, which is that, Love is actually the energy of who you are. You cannot be separated from it. You cannot not have it. (laughs) It's impossible. Love is the harmonizing and uniting energy of the universe. It is what you are made of. So when we can get in touch with that knowing through meditation, then we have a totally different experience of loving in the human dimension with whomever is in our circle of influence at that time, whatever relationships we might be in, whether they're romantic, familial,
1: friendship, whatever. Well, that makes a lot of sense um, because, you know, and I, and I have to say, um, you know, meditation can be hard for some people because when you talk about all these external things, you've got to have the grounding inside and you have to, you know, be aware of the love of yourself. Like you said, that could never go away and you've got to get in touch with that. But sometimes there's so many external things. Um, so meditation can be hard for some people. Um, and I'd like to talk to you about, you know, getting through that and also, Tell us, uh, along with that, tell us about yoga. I mean, you know, I did yoga before. I have a little hard time with the positions. I have people recently who have been telling me, Lori, (laughs) you can do yoga without doing positions perfectly. It's not about that. So I want to have our listeners have an awareness about meditation and yoga. Um, Tell us, Jenny, for those of us who who may not be expert or maybe are never going to be Maybe great at at the positions of it. Is that what it's really all about, or is there a way to do it that you can get to where you need to be without being a perfect yoga student, let's say?
2: Well, right. So um, there's what's called the eight-limb path of yoga, and the physical postures are just one of those limbs or one of those steps. And so within that physical practice, the different postures, there's lots of different styles. There are styles that are very active and athletic and styles that are very, very gentle and restorative. So when you're looking at taking a yoga class, it's really important that you assess what your intention is and what your physical condition is, because not every class is going to be right for every person, but there is a right style for everyone. I truly believe that yoga can meet you where you are. So... Let's say that someone has had some injuries or they're very overweight and they haven't exercised in a long time. They're not going to want to step into a power vinyasa class because it's going to feel (laughs) too difficult and they're going to get frustrated and then move into self-judgment again. They're going to want to start with maybe a gentle yoga class or a restorative yoga class that will help them slow down and get in touch with their body and their breath, do some deep stretches and just kind of ease in. So I really encourage people to explore the wide range of offerings that are out there in terms of the physical yoga styles. Um, back to your question about meditation and how difficult that is for people. This is absolutely true. We are an externalized um, people. <laughs> we Walk around all day trying to plug into everything that is outside of us. And just like the conversation about love, we look at everything as being outside of us. We got to go get it. We got to plug into it. We got to connect out there. And so everything is external. And when we sit down to meditate, suddenly we're just with ourselves <laughs> and we're in the quiet and nothing's happening. And all of a sudden, it can feel really overwhelming and scary because there's this whole world inside, and not all of it might be positive depending on people's belief systems and you know internal dialogue and all of that. And so there is a a, a transition uh, between meditation feeling difficult and it feeling peaceful, which is what it is ultimately leading towards is to deep inner peace. But I grant you that it can feel really challenging at first to stop doing outwardly and make time to sit and be quiet. That's hard in and of itself. And then once we get into the quiet, it can feel kind of difficult to be with ourselves inside. And so we have to just recognize that this is a process. It's not a quick fix. It is a practice, a lifelong practice. And we have to trust it. We have to trust that there is this end goal of deep, deep, deep inner peace and joy and love. And, you know, I'm not the first person to say this. The masters of the ages and every spiritual path and religion have pointed towards, whether they called it meditation or not, and as the way to true peace. And so we have to trust this end goal and know that we can get through the difficult stages on the way. I mean, if you start working out at the gym, it's going to suck the first day. It doesn't feel good to lift heavy weights and run on the treadmill. But you're trusting the end goal that if you do that for a certain number of months, you're going to lose some weight and build some muscles and feel better on the other side. And the same is true for
1: meditation. So I wanted you to say that because, you know, for our listeners out there who are intrigued by this and want to do it, but often people put that fear in front of them already, that you just have to, whoever you're talking to that's teaching, you have to say, I need the gentle class <laughs> or I need to meditate. I need to start slowly. You know, uh, if I'm counting backwards, I might only be able to go from seven to zero without thinking of something else. You know, that's about it. I've got a good seven seconds. And you have to build up on those things. And I, I want our listeners to know um, that this is all possible, no matter what your state of physical being or whatever that might be. So so in other words, don't be afraid to do that. And, and you know, I can't help but expand upon what you said about when you go inside and you do the work, however you do the work, whether it be through meditation, yoga, um, whatever, however you get to loving yourself, whether it be reading or, um, it could be anything, lots of different ways to to find love within yourself. When you do that and you're very clear that you do love yourself, you're able to open up and then you can go to the outside world. Is what I'm trying to say. You know, if you want the great love from the outside, you got to start inside first. And that's been so overused by everybody saying that through the generations but i don't think anybody understood i didn't understand what it meant jenny um you have to love yourself first i was like what is that I, I don't i don't even understand how to do that so i i love to bring people on who can show different ways to do that these are ways that you can love yourself first so then you can attract the right people whether it be friends whether it be loving relationships and partnerships whether it be uh, the right job or whatever it might be, you got to get yourself straight inside first. So, so I, I really appreciate, um, you know, you talking about this and people knowing how open, you know, that that yoga can be and meditation can be for people.
2: So, can let, can I jump in and say one thing yeah, about um, loving yourself? So I think it's really important, like everything, to break it down into baby steps. So you're not going to walk into a physical yoga class if it's your very first class and do a headstand or a handstand, <laughs> you know, some advanced right. posture. <laughs> I mean, unless you're an a ex-gymnast, right? But um, Right. Baby steps. So there's going to be stretching. There's going to be postures that are easier, and you're going to build up your physical practice. Same thing with meditation. You're not going to sit down and do an hour meditation your first day out of the gate you're going to sit down and maybe hope to have that seven seconds of focusing on your breath or five minutes of just keeping your body still in the chair. So again, baby steps. And then when we come to self-love, this is a really uh, concept that's just confounding to people, especially if they have had messaging from their early life, which I would say a majority of people have had, which was negative you're not good enough, you're not lovable enough, you're not this enough or that enough. And so these beliefs have been internalized and the inner dialogue is just nasty. And so to then switch gears and say, oh, I'm going to love myself just seems mind-blowing. Like, how does that even work? I, I can't fathom it, you know? And so we have to think about small steps. Can I be kind to myself today? Can I be kind to myself for five minutes? Can I be compassionate with my own inner struggle today? Can I offer myself some forgiveness for mistakes that I may have made? You know, these other words that are part and parcel of love um, are sometimes an easier entryway, those beginning steps of how we relate to ourselves. And if we can begin with those then we can move towards that sense of real self-love and these are also i'll say very important practices to offer to others as well because all humans are struggling all humans have challenges and no matter how perfect somebody's life looks on the outside i guarantee they're suffering on the inside in some way and they deserve our kindness They deserve our compassion. And the meanest, nastiest people are the ones who deserve it the most. They need it the most. And by offering it, we not only, we change our whole experience. We might not change them, but we change our experience of them. And so whether we're offering those things to ourselves or to somebody else, this is how we begin to really get in touch with love.
1: Well, yes, and it doesn't really matter what they say or do back to you. You've put it out there. So it's sometimes very hard (laughs) to take it when it doesn't come back to you the way you want it. But that's something that we have to just say. Everybody's dealing with their own stuff their own way. And so uh, through life, I I think we have to learn more that let it go, you know, what they do. Oftentimes, Oftentimes it's not personal. So you just put it out there. And I still find, though, Jenny, when I put it out there, and I do in so many different ways, I try to be very conscious of it, I find that um, typically you're bringing the right people to you anyway, because I'm a big follower of the law of attraction. So I tend, when I put it out there, the people that fit best with with that come towards me, and those that don't end up kind of falling away and out of my life. So it ends up kind of happening that way, but... Like you said, when no matter what you're going through, whether it's grief, whether it's stress, whether it's the loss of somebody, not being able to find a partner, whatever, starting with love is always the answer, and that's really what yoga and meditation does. I mean, it's a a perfect fit. Right.
2: Absolutely. And, you know, the law of attraction is so accurate, and it's been written about so many different ways, but basically it's just that, we are putting ourselves into a certain vibrational state and if we're putting ourselves into the vibrational state of love then we can't help but magnetize to us other loving beings. Love is the harmonizing and uniting force in the universe. Hatred and fear are the polarizing and, and um, fragmenting forces of the universe. So we have to choose where we want to stand and then trust that as we stay there consistently, as you said, the people who are not in alignment with that will start to fall away from our lives or we will have the, the courage to um, choose to not associate with them any longer. I mean, we can, we can choose that in a loving way, too. You know, sometimes we have to set personal boundaries to exclude someone from our life that isn't um, uplifting us or helping us or being kind to us, but we can offer them love and blessing, like a bless and release, kind of. It's not that we need to do it in a mean way. It's just we can do it in a
1: self-honoring and loving way. Well, yes, and, and, you know, no matter what you're going through in your life, you know, let's say that we, we have a lot of people that, you know, have relationship issues, whether they're in them, want to be in them, in them and want to make it better, whatever reasoning it might be. Are there certain techniques or tools that you use for somebody who, let's say, um, is struggling to find the right person or maybe has self, even self-esteem issues? Are there certain tools and techniques used for people who might have something like that happening that you would use in yoga therapy versus somebody who is, you know, lost uh, their mom, let's say, their mom has passed on and they're going through extreme grief or somebody is having extreme stress at work? I mean, uh, are there different tools and techniques to get yourself grounded and back to love? Or is it all the same yes. and you just it,
2: <laughs> kind of? Yeah, yeah I think it's, it, it's all the same in a way, but it's also different in a way because you're talking about vastly different human experiences. Um, mm-hmm. Let's take the loss of, of someone either through death or an ending of a relationship. You know, we feel um, a hole. We feel a missing of that being in our life. And so... Um, the way that I would work with that would be to help someone to reintegrate the qualities that that person embodied in their life, to to reintegrate those qualities within themselves. And not to say that they're trying to replace that person. That person is irreplaceable. I mean, I lost my mother. She's absolutely irreplaceable. I loved her with all my heart. But she's not here anymore. I I can't replace her. And so I've got to own and embody within myself, the qualities that she brought to my life. And in that way, I honor her. I honor the relationship I had with her and it helped me heal the grief and the missing of her not physically being present with me anymore. Um, let's go back to the first which had to do with somebody struggling with self-esteem. That's a very different process in terms of how I would work with them therapeutically. And I would first, again, look at, well, what were the original beliefs that were created about yourself based on the messaging you heard in your early life from parents, caregivers, other people around you? Um, Are these beliefs true? Do you still want to keep them? Uh, and who are you really? Because are you just the human story of your life with this family and this experience when you were 13 and this, you know, all these different things, these markers along the road? Or are you a divine being who is here having all these different experiences, but can you rise above those experiences to know yourself at a deeper level? And that really is the healing for someone struggling with self-esteem because they're no longer identifying just with the human story and all that that's made up of. They're really recognizing that they are far more than that as a soul. And um, so, yeah, to answer your question, I mean, I think there are different processes and different tools and techniques based on what someone is coming into a yoga therapy session for
1: Okay. Because it takes time to get through the external. I mean, when, when you're being told you're not good, from the only people, these people were supposed to love and raise you, you have that connection, you know, with a parent or whoever raised you, if it's not been a good experience, or you have been with um, partners, I wouldn't call them loving partnerships, partnerships, because those people have problems too. And so you think you're this way because they told you you were, but the real truth is they're they having their own problems and they kind of take it out on you. I mean, it all works in a weird, crazy way. So how do you get rid of all what I will just affectionately call garbage, <laughs> you know, out of there? And, and, and I say to people all the time, you know, some of it might be true. We are not perfect. I look at things like if somebody's told me several times that I'm a jerk in this situation, let's say, maybe I really am a jerk. And then I can, I can own that and go fix it. We're not all just perfect all the time. So there are times when we do take heed and we're, you know, other people are mirrors to us in what we're doing. But then I think about it and I say, you know what, we're only human. It's okay. I messed up. Now it's my job to go be a better person and try to learn from that and be the best person I can be. So that external stuff can, can hit you pretty hard. And I, I think what you do, Jenny, is a great way to, to release that because Jan Van Zant, who I really love, says just because they're related to you doesn't mean they have the right to say and do certain things or that, or that they can continue to, to, to treat you in a way that doesn't honor you. And so I would imagine with some people to let go of that external stuff in your practice and work is harder. It's harder for some people than others, depending upon what they've been through and what their natural personality like.
2: For sure. And it's interesting you mentioned Ilanya. She and I were in a... Um... Course uh, together a master's program in spiritual psychology, which uh, she's a dynamic and wonderful writer and speaker. So, yeah, I, I know her well. And um, anyway, the, that process of spiritual psychology is a basis of my practice as well. And it really is this recognition that we are not just our human stories. So, yes, we have to take into account. Um, what our experiences have been, how they've affected us, and really look at how they're affecting us now and make very conscious choices about how we want or don't want them to continue to affect us in the future. And at the same time, we have to recognize that we are the spiritual being that is way beyond and untouchable by our human experiences. And It is a process. Again, it's like meditation and baby steps. It's a process. So when someone comes in and they have very deep wounding, let's say from um, childhood abuse, or you know, and that could be verbal as well as physical, and um, a really scarred psyche in terms of understanding themselves as a good and loving human, that is struggling. Like you say, no one's perfect, but. Um, They just really can't tap that self-love on on any level. It takes time. Um, It takes a safe container. It takes a therapist who can see them beyond their own blocks. And a lot of times for me when I'm working with somebody, I'm I'm listening to the stories that they're telling me, Um, but I'm really seeing them beyond that. And I'm looking at the soul that's sitting in front of me, not just the body that's sitting in front of me. Um, the body houses all of these experiences of our, our youth and um, all the scars that may have come with that, but the soul is radiant. It's totally untouchable by the experiences of our youth. And so if I can hold this space for them long enough, if they come to trust me and feel, feel good in the container that I offer and I can continue to see them in that way, then slowly with time, they start to see themselves differently. You know, it becomes this reflective process of, well, if she can see it, then maybe I can see it. And, and I wouldn't be able to see it if it wasn't there. So, And I haven't met a person yet that I can't see the light in. Um, it may be really hidden from their own view that it's in there.
1: Right. And you know I think that gives people a lot of hope. You know to listen to this and know that there's something so much more deeper to you no matter as we get in as babies we get in, inundated with external and you know we we can get so caught up in it until something comes in front of us to tell us hold on take a minute stop. That's what I did quite frankly, but I did a lot of my my personal growth through reading and learning. I, and I can't believe you know, Ayanla. I mean, I've been reading her stuff for years and years and years. And I just, when she's on uh, own, you know, the own channel, I just cannot get enough of her. But um, there's so many people like you and her who do this amazing, beautiful work. And I just would like to thank you um, and ha- want you to know how much I appreciate you for doing this work uh, and putting it out there because people really need to, I believe people really need to, to have peace in life. You know, accomplishing things and doing great work is wonderful, but are you doing it with passion? You know, do you feel um, inside yourself? Do you feel comfortable enough that, you know, I got this. I, I, I know that I'm not perfect, but I, I'm a good person. I've got this, and you're grounded. And you you got to go there, and you've got to be able to do that before – you really dive into some things because the world can be a crazy, fun, exhilarating, horrifying place. And you, when you have that grounded in love, as you say, for yourself, then you can go out there and handle that stuff. But let's face it. We're as babies, we're just kind of throwing out into it. And we don't know often how to do it unless we're lucky enough to have parents that, you know, or someone in our life that teaches us how to do it young. But most of us don't have that. So, uh, again, I just really appreciate the work that you do.
2: Well, thank you, Lori. And, you know, it's, it is really
1: tragic when um,
2: a child doesn't receive the love and nurturance that they due as babies. And it is a very um, difficult starting gate to come out of when that's not in place. But I would say that one of the greatest things that someone who has had that experience can um, do to help themselves heal is to consider forgiving their caregiver, their parent, for their inability to love them. And it really is an inability. You know, that person has had their own deep, deep wounding that has made them incapable at that time of expressing love. And that's very sad. It's very sad that the, that the wounding perpetuates over generations. Um, and the way to break that cycle is to forgive and to release them from our own heart, that person who has hurt us, to release ourselves from the grip of what they, how they gripped us with their lack
1: of love. We can release ourselves through forgiveness. I'm so glad you said something about forgiveness because um, we could have a whole show about that too. So, so what I'd like to do though, you know, as we're wrapping up, I'd like you to, if you would um, tell us a little bit more about your book. You know, wh- you did tell us a little bit about it, but what you hope people get out of it and then let's wrap up with, you know, uh, what's going on with what you're doing and what you want people to know and about you and how they can reach you.
2: Okay, Sure. So my new book uh, is called Breathing Love, Meditation in Action. Um, It is appropriate for somebody who has never done meditation as well as somebody who is very practiced in meditation because it's not really a meditation book as much as it is uh, how do we get in touch with love within our own being and how do we live that love out in the world every day? Uh, That is what... You know, and what I hope people get from the book is an awareness of themselves as love itself. This is such a core, core teaching that if we can, if I can help people come into that experience of themselves as love then their whole world is going to shift. And what I try to do in the book is give lots of um, little exercises, very simple, daily, practical ways in which you can start to do that and and start to clear the blocks that have kept you from that awareness in the past. Um, that book is available on the Amazon now, as well as bookstores everywhere, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. Um, and in terms of me and what I do, um, As you mentioned, I work with people all over the world, technology being what it is, phone, Skype, FaceTime, whatever I counsel in all those ways. We don't have to be physically together to do yoga therapy because many of the practices are not actually physical practices. But if there is a physical practice that's needed, we'll just jump on a, a Skype type of platform to see one another. And so I'm easily accessible through my website. It's My name, Jenny Lee yoga therapy.com. And, um, I run workshops and retreats all over. I'll be on a bit of a book tour later in the spring up the East coast. And so there's all kinds of events posted there as well as, um, online courses and other ways to work with me. If, if you're not quite ready to jump into a one-on-one, I have a great yoga therapy online course that's available for like, $10, so yeah, lots of ways to, to get into the work, but I definitely hope you'll check out Breathing Love Meditation in Action.
1: Wonderful, and Jenny, you spell it J-E-N-N-I-E. Yes. Jenny Lee, J-E-N-N-I-E, and then what's the rest of your website again? Okay, JennyLeeYogaTherapy.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I've really loved having you uh, here on the Happiness Hangout, Jenny, and um, again, love your work, and um, thank you for the good work that you're doing out there for people, and go find Jenny Lee. You can always Google her, go right to her website, and check out all the great things on her website, and her book, of course, Breathe L- Breathing Love, Meditation in Action. So, Jenny, thank you again for being on the Happiness Hangout. And uh, I wish you all the best and hope you have a wonderful 2018. Thanks so much, Lori. You too. Thanks for having me. Sure. Have a good night. Get my book, Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness. Any issues you're dealing with, from relationships to self-love, get my book and feel hopeful again. Getting Married at Last, My Journey from Hopelessness to Happiness, available on Amazon, paperback, and Kindle. This is Lori
0: Peters from The Happiness Hangout. See you next time. Hi, this is your host, Lori. Want to get more happiness? Check out all the free readings, activities, and my blog at my website. Want to learn how to deal with life's challenges from your positive core? Check out Empowering Yourself to Happiness class done totally online. You can find it all at www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net Come explore and feel better wherever you are. This is Lori Peters with the Happiness Hangout. I provide presentations on happiness and well-being to businesses, schools, and anyone involved in wellness and professional days. Check out tons of free resources and activities also at my website, www.happinesshangout.net. Feel better wherever you are. Help us grow the Happiness Hangout Show. Become a sponsor. Businesses and nonprofits get your info out there to thousands of my listeners all over the world for just pennies. Individuals can also sponsor one or more shows, and you get a shout-out to your favorite charity. Several packages available. Come see what you get and put out there what's important to you. Go to www.happinesshangout.net www.happinesshangout.net for more information.